You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 163 of Besiktas International's, <coughs> excuse me, the Black Eagles podcast. And I am your host, Sinan Schwartz, live from New York City. Another lovely spring, late night. Of course, today we have a huge match to talk about. Um, and, of course, some other news surrounding it. I suppose let's just dig right in. Um, so, obviously, as we like to do around here, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what was going on leading into the match. And I suppose, first of all, we have to talk about our opponent. Um, Alanya Spor has been uh, a formidable side for, uh, for much of the season. Currently in fifth place. Uh, going into the match, I should say. They were in fifth place. Um, in a tight competition for fifth place with Hatay Spor, who are right behind them, and Fatih Um A little bit of distance between them and Trabzon Spor, who they would want a victory against us to sort of keep within range of. Uh, I mean, there's not really much benefit to being in fourth place in Turkey, I don't think, but... Uh, nonetheless, you know, they might want to just uh, say it for... I mean, that's probably the highest they have ever finished. So. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about how they've gotten to fifth place and what their results were of late. Um, and despite their positive standing um, in the league, they actually were coming off of a couple pretty bad results. Uh, their, their last week... Or I guess this last Sunday, I should say, uh, on April 4th, they lost to Genschler uh, at, at home, losing 1-2. to two. And the week prior to that, they had lost, or I guess two weeks because of the break, they'd lost to Konya, 1-0 uh, to nil, uh, on the road. And then prior to that, they'd lost in the semifinals to Antalya Spor, in the semifinals of the Turkish Cup, excuse me, uh, to Antalya Spor. They lost 2-0. Antalya... Um, uncharacteristically uncharacteristically scoring uh, more than one goal uh, to beat them. Uh, But so the match prior to that for them was a victory against Antalya Sport, where they scored four goals. Uh, And prior to that, they beat Trabzon Sport uh, one to three on the road. So they'd gotten some good results, uh, only to follow that with a few stinkers in a row. Um, Three stinkers in a row leading up to our match. So that's kind of where they were. Uh, obviously, they would have wanted to pull it back together, get get control of their season. A victory against a side like Besiktas would obviously uh, have done them well. But uh, yeah, let's talk about how the game went, I suppose. And so before we do that, let's talk a little bit about news for Besiktas. 
and uh, there's actually quite a bit. So, as I mentioned in the last match, Joseph, Valentin Rosier, Kyle Laren, and Nejip all only needed one yellow card uh, to be suspended for the next match. Our next match is against Erzurum Spore, and I'll talk about that at the end of the episode, as usual. Um, with that said, there was some good news vis-a-vis Jenk uh, Tosun and Dorukhan. They were sort of game time decisions waiting for the their last COVID result, test result. Uh, and it came back negative, so they were allowed to play at the last minute. So they were both included in the squad. Uh, so yeah, that was obviously great news, I would say. Um, <clears throat> Some other news, kind of tangential, but that had come in prior to our match. Um, Antalya Spor had lost at home to Sivas. And the reason that's of consequence to us Besiktas fans is because Tyler Boyd scored a brace for Sivas Spor, uh, our boy on loan. He's been playing quite well for Sivas. And so uh, he scored in the first minute for them. And in the 36th minute, in, a, in a, again, 2-4 to four victory on the road for Sivas. Um, previously, he had scored against Guztepe twice as well. Um, so he's had a couple braces for Sivas. Uh, and then he had, he'd also scored for them against... I can't remember who it was, but it, it's further back anyway. So I think he's got uh, five or maybe even six goals for Sivas. So, uh, yeah, he's really pulling it together um, for himself over there. So, you know, shouts to Tyler Boyd. Little Tyler Boyd watch for uh, the diehards out there. Or the, any USMNT uh, listeners who might tune in. Um, I don't know. We don't really do that regularly, so I'm not sure what their interest would be, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, there it is. Tyler Boyd news. Um, but so yeah, let's obviously, I think, talk a little bit about our lineups, and let's talk about this match that was really important to us. Um, so obviously in the goal we had Ersin, Destanolu, uh, and on the back line, Wellington and Vida again, with Valentin Rosier on the right side and Fabrice Insakala on the left side of the defense. Um, Ridvan fans will be disappointed. I mean, all of us are Ridvan fans. If you're not a Ridvan fan, you're not a Besiktas fan. But um, nonetheless, uh, Fabrice Insakala gets the start. Joseph D'Souza on the back of our midfield with Ozan and Atiba up ahead of him. So a little surprise there. I think many would have expected Adem Lijic or perhaps maybe Bernard Mensa. But so to see Ozzy out there was uh, kind of fun. Kyle Lahren on the left side and Rashid Gezal on the right with Jenk Tosun up front. So not only was he given the last minute clearance to play, but he would get a start, uh, as many know. Uh, uh, Vincent Abubakar is injured, likely to miss not only this match, which he definitely missed, but also our next one against Erzurum. Um, hopefully just to err on the side of caution and uh, give him a little rest. Jenk, uh, uh, it's what we got him here for, um, you know, to, 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 to give Abubakar a rest where we could afford it. So Erzurum might be an opportunity for that. Uh, of note, as far as um, Alanya Spor goes, uh, their keeper was Marafona, their backline was Savelas and Fati Aksoy, a former Besiktas player. Now in the midfield, they would have Sali Uchan. Interesting uh, 
tactical decision here. Kuma Babakar would play on the wing for them with uh, Adam Barrero, their Paraguayan forward, uh, starting up front. So that you know that was an interesting call, I thought, on their part. I, I, I know of Kuma Babakar as a as a striker. Um, Jehun Gulsalam would play on the back of their midfield. Davidson on the left side, the guy who's had success against us uh, in particular. Also Juan Fran, their right back. Mubanja, their left back, who I thought was actually pretty solid. Another left back from Alanya's four that we could pursue. Uh, anyway, um, but so yeah, that's it for the news and the lineup going into the match. Let's talk about this match itself, because it would be a fun one and right out the gate, obviously, uh, we, we lost against Kasim Pasha in our last match. We really would have wanted to come out with fire in our bellies. We want, we'd want these guys to come out looking for a win. And they really did come out with energy right out of the gate. Look at that. Uh, I don't know if that carries through, but there's a honk in agreement out there. Um, but so, yeah, let's talk about the action. Right away, in the first minute, Ozan would find Kyle Laren on the wing on the left side. Kyle Aaron would cut in and make a really nice Maisie run. Find um, Rashid Ghazal with a nice little pass. Who would cut it in and take a shot that would ding off the post in sort of agonizing way too because it kind of bounced inwards making you think it was even still good enough to go in but it wasn't somehow. Uh, but so yeah, right, off the, right out of the gates we were, we were looking for it, obviously. And then, in the 10th minute, the next fun bit of action, if you will, a corner kick for Rashid Ghazal would come, drop to the head of Atiba, who would, you know, do his old sort of cross the goal mouth, um, hope someone finds, finds the other end of it, sort of flick on that he does. And sure enough, Jank Tosin would come raging into the into the box. Um, a very definitive sh uh, shot into the back of the net. Uh, nice goal, to be honest. Kind of reminiscent of the old days, uh, where Atiba would often find Gokhan Gunul for these type of goals. But so yeah, there you have it—a set-piece goal in the tenth minute, and Besiktas had the lead, one to nil. And that was uh, great news. In the 16th minute, uh, Fatih Aksoy would um, be passing out of the back and he would not do a good job of it. The ball would get sort of caromed back in a sort of interception, but I think it was Wellington. It would be, I mean, a bit of luck, honestly, and the carom would go bounce forward straight to Jenk, into his path even. He would run on, I mean, maybe Wellington directed it, if so. He did very well there, but um, Jank would run onto it, run, make a nice run, you know, using his pace, which we haven't seen in a while, um, along the left side, and then send in a shot with his left foot from a bit of distance, um, but he'd get it on, actually, and it would hit the crossbar again agonizingly. And so we've got a goal and two crossbars in the 16th minute. Um, but on the very next play, on the on the counter, um, we'd have a set, set piece from the from the post somehow, um, and they would then uh, get a counter from that. Davidson would. Um, I I don't know how 
this ball managed to do what it did, but it would put Valentin Rosier on his butt. Uh, finding Juan Fran, who had, it looked like all the space in the world, and Ersin, just fantastic positioning. Um, all the sort of energy he needed came raging out of the box, charged onto it, made the save on the Juan Fran shot. Just a, a great save. You can't say enough about it. Um, and then it would kind of get back, back to Juan Fran. He tried to trickle it across, across the box, and nobody else could get to it, and we would be spared blushes and, a, and an equalizer on that one. Uh, but so yeah, 17th minute, and we're holding on to, a, to our 1-0 lead. Though we'll feel like it should be more, especially because, again, in the 22nd minute, a free kick by Rashid Gezal from fairly deep back on the left side of our uh, area would be perfectly sent in, as, you, as you'd expect perhaps now, from Rashid Gezal. Uh, find Wellington's head, and he would send it in a looping header, and it would again hit the post, the crossbar. Third post. Um, in the 35th minute, and Sakala would uh, make a really lovely run and pass, finding sending it back a bit, a bit of ways to Joseph, who was running up towards uh, towards the into the attack onto the ball. He would find Rashid Gazal, who would send in a, a lovely shot from a bit of distance that would force a really good save from Marafona, um, Alanya's keeper. And then in the 43rd minute, Ansakala, where you'd think he would send in a cross, sends in a shot, which was surprisingly poignant. You know, a little bit of action on it. Dips down low and, and again, forces a pretty solid save from Marafona, who, um, you know, despite the early goal that was allowed, not his fault at all, by the way, um, has sort of managed to keep it tight here going into the half. And that's where we would leave things at the half, 1-0. Um, and so yeah, that would be, you could say, very stressful. Um, you, I think a lot of us felt like we should have come out of this match with way more than a one-goal lead in the, at the half, but there it was. Uh, and it's sort of typical stuff, and we all know where this could go from here. And sure enough, in the 52nd minute out of the half, uh, that Adam Barrero fellow I mentioned, the Paraguayan, young Paraguayan forward, would send in um, a pretty perfect cross, to be honest. Um, hard to say who was to blame for this. A lot of guys were sort of out of position and not defending well. But anyway, it, it would be Adam Barrero sending it in to Kuma Babakar, who would come diving in. Uh, and luckily it would go onto his off foot, to his left foot. He would send it wide. I mean, it looked like a shot harder to miss than make, honestly. But I think Kuma Babakar, I mean, I've generally been very impressed with his performances for Alanya from what I've seen. Um, this, on the other hand, was a performance that was not very good. I saw him take sort of smelling salts when he was coming onto the pitch and make sort of, sort of a scene of it. He um, was, I think, coming off an injury. So, you know, not a very good game for him all around. And that sort of capped it. In the 53rd minute, by the way, after this miss, um, Joseph is furious. He's screaming at Ersin, and I think it's because Ersin could have charged out and taken the ball off Barrero and not allowed him to, to find Babacar, because um, he comes out and then kind of gets caught in no man's land and runs back back into the goal, and 
very nearly allows them to score there. That would have been, at least I think Joseph felt, would have been a bit on Erison. Um, but we'll, we'll let it go, because it didn't result in the goal. 53rd minute, we would see uh, our first, no, not our first yellow card. I, I, I forgot to mention that in the 22nd minute, um, Sally Uchan got a yellow card, and in the 26th minute, Atiba Hutchinson got a yellow card. So this was not the first yellow card. But in the 53rd minute, Jehun Gulsalam would get a yellow. Um, and this would be the last sort of inconsequential highlight before, in the 57th minute, Nsakala would cross the ball in sort of deceptively well. It would get headed out, dropping to Atiba Hutchinson, who would just sort of tap it on to Rashid Gazal out wide, much like he did against, I want to say, Gensler, but I'm not exactly sure. But Rashid Gazal from distance, out from out wide, a Quaresma-like goal, sends it in to the far post and low, um, dipping two to nil. You love to see it. Two assists for Atiba, by the way, uh, in a game that he wasn't like at his sharpest in in a lot of ways, but obviously uh, in this sense he was. Two assists on two goals here. Seven, 67th minute, we'd finally start to see some subs. Kadzior would come on for Kuma Babakar, who I said seemed off and um, was indeed recovering from an injury. Um, the 71st minute, Nkuru would come on for Jenk Tosun, and then uh, on their side, Siopis would come on for Sally Uchan, who uh, had actually been quite solid, I thought. Made one uh, interception that led to a counter on there, and that I thought was particularly impressive. Um, their guy, Erkan Bekirolu, would come on for Jehun Gulsalam, who I mentioned had a yellow. Um, Joseph would get a yellow card in the 74th minute, and that is important to note because. As I said at the beginning of the episode, it means he will miss the next match vis-a-vis suspension. So stay tuned for more news on that. Um, luckily, that's a place we typically are, do, are okay on as far as defensive midfielders go. Uh, we have Nedjip or Dorukan, um, or we could even get maybe Atiba back into his natural position in a role with Ozan and Lijic, perhaps. Uh, so, you know, we have, we have a lot of options. Um, Ozan probably deserves another rollout. He played fairly well, I thought. Uh, I'll get into stats and performances and all that later. Um, more subs. Uh, in the 77th minute, Dorukan would come on for Ozan. Uh, Mustafa Pektimek would come on for Barrero. Uh, Taifur Bingo would come on for Juan Fran, who almost scored on us earlier in the match. 84th minute, um, Valentin Jose up the right side would find Atiba well, who would in turn make a nice first touch on the ball into space, a little run that was nice, and then a very well-placed pass to um, Nkudu, who I mentioned had just come into the match for uh, Jake Tosun, uh, and Nkudu would round his defender well with his speed, as, as he tends to do, and then also round the keeper well and slot it low into the back of the net along the left side. Beautiful goal, you gotta say. Um, exactly the kind of goal you'd want from your sort of super sub left wing, the kind of guy that uh, Nkudu has the potential to be, um, I would say. Uh, I think a lot of people disagree. He has a lot of detractors, but I think this is certainly, you know, that goal is the type of goal you want him to be able to contribute 
And there it was. <clears throat> 86th minute, our last round of subs. You'd see Nejip enter the match for Atiba, and Gokan Tore enter the match for Rashid Gezal, who had played quite well, you'd have to say. By the way, um, on that Nkudu goal, I did say it, but if you didn't really put two and two together, that was Atiba's third assist on our third goal. Um, but so yeah, 88th minute, a little bit of uh, a scare, you could say. Uh, Siopis would find Erkan Bekirolu well, um, who would in turn, you know, a great first touch, he'd make, a, he'd round his defender, and then also slot it past with a really nice placed shot past Ederson into the back of the net, three to one, except, big exception. Um, the, the goal's canceled. Uh, Mustafa Pektimek, of all people, fouls Wellington in the buildup. In fact, it's what creates the counter that sets their goal up. Um, it's clearly a foul. You'd feel hard done by at being on the receiving end of that, but those are the rules. You know, it's not. it wasn't incorrect. I don't think the ref was inclined to help us out there. He had uh, not given us a penalty shout in the first half that uh, Jake Tosun went down, I think clearly was penalized. They didn't give us that call, so the ref wasn't really helping us out much throughout the match, so, and this wasn't an example, a case of it either. Uh, it, it was righteously called out, called back. And so it was, still, three to nil. Erson gets himself another clean sheet, and the match would end. Three to nil, in the 95th minute, the whistle would blow. Uh, three to nil. Besiktas wins! Huge deal. Huge, huge win. Um, and like I had said, uh, Fener had beaten Denizli 1 to 0. I think I may, I hope I mentioned that. Um, but previous to our match, Fener had beaten Denizli 1 0, closing the gap to two points, though we had a game in hand. So we stretched that back to five with that. Uh, we'll talk about the standings later. First, Let's talk stats as a good, I think, prelude to talking about individual performances. So first of all, possession. Alanya won the day at 52%, Besiktas at 48%. However, Besiktas would have 17 shots to their 13, 20 chances created to their 10, three big chances to their two. That's subjective. Um, Interestingly, Alanya would have more accurate passes, 347, than us at 317, uh, both at 81% success rate. So, you know, credit to Alanya. They played a really solid match all around. Uh, we conceded 14 fouls to their 11. They had five corners to our four. Both of us were offside once. Um, so, we, I, like I said, we, were, we had 17 shots to their 13, seven on, uh, seven on target to their six on target. So we were... Um, a little profligate, a little messy with it, but um, at the end of the day, we got the job done. Um, we did it. We did it quite well. Um, Erson had six saves to Marafona's four, so um, you know a lot of people cried about you know our detractors, our trolls, if you will, cried about the second goal that Rashid Gazal scored from distance, claiming that uh, Marafona sort of clearly didn't go for it. I definitely think that's not true. Uh, and if it were true, Marafona wouldn't have made some of those brilliant saves he made in the first half. 
Um, and it was the kind of goal where he clearly thought the ball was going wide of the post and misjudged it and was, was wrong. It happens all the time. Many will remember it happening to Karius like three or four times. Um, and, and not to pick on Karius. And everyone, you know, whatever, it, it, there's no need for it. And at the end of the day, the point I'm trying to make is it's a fairly typical error that keepers make. Uh, and Marafona made it for other arguments about like them selling the game, you know, Babacar had that sort of terrible miss, obviously, early in the second half. Again, he's just come off an injury and was bad in almost every facet of the game today. Um, it is what it is. I mean, he he has a physical presence that you know enables him to have some positive attributes even on an off day like this. But you know, for what he's capable of, it was certainly a bad ga- bad game for him. <clears throat> now let's dig into individual performances and I think the highly the most highly rated players in this match and it's uh, uh, there are a lot of well rated players for Besiktas but so we'll start with Atiba Hutchinson who had three assists one shot um, 40 accurate passes at a 93% rate of success his one shot was off target um, not one of those really bad ones though that he's been capable of of late. Um, of those 40 accurate passes, 31 were in the opposition's half. He had one cross, one long ball. Uh, it was one for one for long balls. He had three key passes, obviously the three assists. Um, he won two duels and lost six. So he was two of eight, which is not fantastic. But considering that he was really going more forward, uh, you know, that's all right. He was taking chances you need you need to see it um, he was dispossessed three times which you don't like to see that much and he was over one in aerial duels but again that his role is less and less defensive these days you can tell he's more focused on connecting the the midfield and the attack um, and he did have six recoveries as well which you like to see he even had an offsides which for for him is, is almost a positive thing you could say our next highest rated player um, is Rashid Ghazal. He had a goal, obviously, and a fantastic goal at that. Uh, five shots, which, hey, why not? Um, one of them was off target, two were on target, obviously one of them a goal, and two were blocked by defenders. Um, but so you love to see the intent there, obviously. Um, it's been a problem of his, and so he did quite well. Uh, he had 35 accurate passes at an 88% success rate, created six chances, uh, and that 88% success rate is pretty phenomenal considering a lot of crosses are coming in from him. He had six crosses, three of them, three of six uh, on those crosses. Uh, he had it was two of three on long balls, six key passes. So I mean, yeah, can't really say enough about him. He he lost seven duels but won eight. So uh, 8 of 15, not bad, That's, he was very active in the duel. Um, so he's coming back and defending a little bit too, which you love to see, especially when you're holding on to a lead. Uh, yeah, just a great match from Senor Gazal over here. Um, trying to think of any other important stats, he had 9 recoveries, so that's pretty solid. He was dispossessed 4 times, but you know, he's a winger, it's going to happen, he's making, making moves over there. Our next highest rated player is... And this will surprise some, but uh, not not I. I've, I've 
I've told folks to chill out with their criticism of this dude. Fabrice and Sakala, uh, who had one shot, which was on target, um, 34 accurate passes at a 79% rate, one chance created. Um, that 79% rate is not hurt by his crosses, in which he was he had four crosses. Um, his long balls was one of three. He had one key pass, however. He also had 68 touches. He was just very active all over the pitch, all over the left side of the pitch, uh, and very effective. Uh, he won 11 duels and only lost two. 11 of 13. That is fantastic. Uh, one clearance, one headed clearance. He was three of three as far as dribbles attempted and succeeded. So 100% right in that regard. He only conceded one foul, which is important, I think, for, for a guy like him. Um, he was only two of five as far as tackles succeeded versus attempted. Um, but he won three aerial duels out of four. So, yeah, and nine recoveries. Just yeah, a great defensive performance from Fabrice and Sakala. So uh, I know a lot of us want to see it Van Yilmaz, but if Fabrice Insakala is playing like this, we can't really hate him playing either, you know? And it is what it is. You know, Rizvan's young, coming back from that injury. He'll get his chances, I have no doubt. Um, perhaps Erzadrim, that's a nice team to give him a shout-out, I think. Uh, next up on the list, uh, and I, there, I'm going to go through a lot of guys because there's a lot of, again, I said really highly rated players for us. Next up is Jank Tosin, who, although only playing 71 minutes, scored a goal, had four shots in total, two on target, two off target, um, and that's like posts, right? One of them hit the post. Um, 11 accurate passes at a 69% rate, you know, whatever, that is what it is, but um, just really active up there and precise. Uh, you know, what can you say about it, really? He had one big chance miss because it hit the woodwork, I suppose. Um, let's see, what other impressive stats do we have here? Uh, 26 touches is not a ton, but again, you know, he's, he's a lone striker up there. He won two aerial duels and lost two. So, you know, not excellent there, but he was one for one as far as dribbles attempted and succeeded that was that run up the left side that he uh, then placed the, the shot onto the woodwork there and he lost three duels but he won three as well so he wasn't ineffective there at all uh, and he was active so you know a great performance from him obviously the goal is what, what boosts his rating I think uh, next up Wellington and Ederson Destanolu uh, are considered to have played very well in this match obviously uh, and Here's an interesting note, and this is where we're getting closer, not not like an excellent performance, but a good one. But they're saying Kyle Aaron played well. I think a lot of people might scratch their head at that. But he was very active, and he was actually fairly precise with his passing, which uh, isn't particularly common. I mean, I mean, maybe it is, but you don't note it usually. Uh, but in this case, yeah, he completed 29 passes at an 88% rate. He had three shots, one off target, one on target, and one blocked. Uh, he played the full 90 minutes, tr created three chances. And I think that's probably what influences his rating the most. Um, he was one for one uh, on long balls. He had, like I, said, like I said, three key passes, but also 53 touches. So he was very active in general. And again, six of ten on duels. So... Um, Interestingly, less active than Rashid Ghazal coming back to defend. 
but more effective. Uh, so that is what it is. He had one bad miss, actually, in defense uh, that almost led to that first goal on the Juan Fran one, where he should have stopped across but didn't. And I had thought it was Encycler from distance, and I was ready to curse him, and it turned out to be that. And, and I thought, ah, well, he's not really a defender anyway, so it is what it is. But we didn't get scored on, so it is okay, I guess. Uh, he lost four duels, Kyle Aaron did. Um, but he cleared the ball a bunch of times, twice, uh, and twice with his head as well. Blocked a shot, so he was active in defense. He was one for one on dribbles, attempted versus succeeded, so 100% rate. Uh, yeah, just active and good. Three recoveries, so, you know, getting back a little bit. So, yeah, that's where it all kind of falls back from, you know, and nobody had really poor performances. Um... One of the poor performances of note, according to sort of general statistics at large, goes to Ozan, Oziakup. And uh, let's talk about why. He played 77 minutes, 23 accurate passes, which is not a ton, and at a 74% rate, so he was not particularly effective. Had no shots, zero on or off target. Um... 19 of his passes were in the opposition's half, and again, 19 of 23. So that's uh, that's that's decent. Um, but yeah, the the good news is that he was two of two for long balls, um, and had three successful crosses. That said, no key passes, not a one. Uh, 47 touches, so he was fairly active and present in the match. So he didn't ghost. That's important for a guy like him. I think when he's really having an off day, he's ghosting. And so he wasn't really a negative performer. And his, his, his rating isn't poor. It's sort of mediocre. Uh, and I suppose that's also a testament to the fact that he was subbed off. So he had less of an impact in that sense as well. Uh, he won four out of eight duels. So not great, but he was active as far as defending uh, or, or engaging anyhow. Uh, he was dispossessed three times, which you don't really like to see. He made five recoveries, which isn't bad, but could have also been better, I suppose. Although, again, um, he wasn't really in a defensive role. Uh, he was 0 for 2 on tackles, so that's not great. Uh, but, you know, whatever. 1 for 1 on aerial duels, so that's a bit of a surprise, perhaps. So, yeah, not, uh, not a great match for Ozan, but not a bad one. And I think... Um, only, you know, there's only so much room for glory in a football match, in any given football match. And so that this wasn't his, you know, day for it is okay. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't give anything away. So uh, I, I can take that from him. And I, yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised that his passing wasn't that effective. Uh, but I can actually remember being a little frustrated with his passing at times. So I guess... You know, I'm surprised just based on the fact that I expect more of him in that regard, but perhaps uh, I'm not surprised based on what I saw from him in the match. But yeah, that's it for for individual statistics. Uh, a little bit of fun there. <clears throat> um, for me, the man of the match is tough. You, you think to give it to uh, to Atiba, obviously, because of the, the just fantastic play of his all-around the uh, the three assists, you know, like it's it, it was meaningful, even, you know, the the kind of contribution he gave. But 
I, you know, like Rashid Gazal's impact was also vital. Um, Ersin made a huge save. I guess that error that almost contributed to goal could be seen as a knock against him. Wellington was fairly great defensively. Um, you know, it, this is a tough one, honestly. I mean, I'll go with Atiba because three assists, you know, and, and just ruthless efficiency with his passing and, you know, the, the attacking intent, the verve, the audacity even. Um, I, honestly, I didn't really feel like it was his best performance, like, from the eye test, but you can't look past three assists. You can't look past the, the leadership qualities as well. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with Atiba. Although there's a part of me that wants to give it to Gazelle just because of how fantastic his goal was, but no, um, I'll go with Atiba, the, the 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 classy, the classic favorite, the legend, if you will. And so yeah, that, all there is left to talk about at this point is is the standings, uh, of which of course we've got some important news. Everyone of consequence. Uh, no offense, Trabzon or Alanya. <clears throat> but we've all played 31 matches, meaning Besiktas, Fenerbahce, and Galatasaray. Besiktas has 67 points and a 35 goal differential. Fenerbahce has 62 points and a 24 goal differential. And Galatasaray has 61 points and a 31 goal differential. So we're plus four on them in that regard too now. Uh, which means that we are on top, having all played 31 matches, by 5 points on Fener and 6 on Galatasaray. We have a huge goal differential advantage on either one of them. And so far we have the head-to-head -head on both. Obviously with uh, Galatasaray that's pending. But we've beaten them once. We've beaten Galatasaray once this year. So the best they can do is pull, pull level on head-to-head. -head. And uh, then it goes to goal differential. And again... We have a plus four on them. So they'd have to beat us by four goals right now. And then even still, they only have a three. They'd be back by three. And Fener would uh, potentially be back two. So I'm not saying we can afford to lose them. I'm not saying we should. In fact, we should, we should absolutely throttle them and make a show of it. But uh, it just goes to show you like how, for all the panic that we, we probably all feel every match day, uh, this is an interesting time to be a Besiktas fan. Not bad. Um, behind that pack, of course, is Trabzon with 57 points. Now, uh, but they have played 32 matches. So the four-point gap between them and Galatasaray could be seven. Alanya has 49 points with 32 matches played. Again, Hatay with 31 matches played has 49. So they could pass Alanya now. Fati Karagumruk has played 32 matches and has 48 points, so I don't even need to go anywhere south of that. The relegation table um, has not changed much. Denizli Spor is on the bottom. 30 matches played, 25 points. Right above them is Erzurum Spor, who we're playing next. That's important. Um, they're uh, second from last with 28 points. Gensler has 31 points with a game in hand over Erzurum. Denizli has two games in hand over Erzurum. So Erzurum is really in a lot of trouble. They're technically, I mean, they're probably in last place. I don't, I mean, it's, you know, you can't say Denizli is, is going to get any points from those two games they have in hand, uh, given the way they've played, but Erzurum is looking to be in trouble. 
Uh, above them is Yeni Malachia, who have 32 points. They're four points clear of Erzurum and also two games in hand relative to them. So Erzurum's in real trouble, uh, which means they also theoretically have a lot to play for, although they could even be kind of in free fall in a lot of ways. Um, I won't talk too much about their results of late because that's what I tend to do in the build-up to our next episode, but I will say that they have not won since, and I'm searching for it, they've not won since February 12th, uh, where they won on the road against Vizespor, who were, uh, had red card issues in that match too, so, you can't overlook any match, but this is certainly one where Besiktas is favorite to win, uh, it's gonna be in Erzurum, which, uh, could be cold, but granted, it's, uh, it's pretty much springtime now, so we got a little lucky with the scheduling, perhaps. Uh, but so, yeah, there it is. Big match against Erzurum Sport incoming. Uh, and let's let's talk about what time that is. It's going to be Sunday, April 11th, uh, just a few days away. Noon again here, Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Coast of the United States. So check your local listings, as always. Uh, but yeah, for those of us on the East Coast of the United States, again, lunchtime, noon, to host... Where, sorry, no, not host. We'll be on the road in Erzurum to play Buyukshehir Belediye Erzurum Sport. Um, so, folks, stay tuned. We will be back uh, with another huge match, as they all are. Nine to go. Five-point advantage. Um, obviously, our rivals will play before then still, so we'll have more information to come. But, uh, you know, as always, follow us on Twitter at eagles underscore podcast follow myself at sir underscore rights underscore a lot follow us on instagram black eagles podcast one word uh, and uh, as always let's go Besiktas! peace out everyone oh and stay tuned our uh our friend emre the southern eagle is back with hashtag after the beep he only left one after the first half, and there was a miscommunication for the second half. So it's a technical error, but yeah, stay tuned for after the beat. After the game finished, uh, I was having my Turkish tea, traditional Turkish tea, to wrap things up before bed. It was a good game. I mean, the, what I say, uh, I was impressed by Osan for many games he didn't play. And he really put a straightforward and hardworking effort throughout the game that during the time he stayed on the pitch. And Atiba was excellent. He's my best Canadian in Turkey. And he made three assists. And really, he was like an octopus, as FIFA.com mentioned him. And they called him as an octopus. He is really an octopus on the pitch.
and Arsene was great. I mean, when the game was one up in the first half, he made a very critical save uh, to keep the game. And he also kept doing an, uh, clean sheets for himself, for such a young and talented player. A lot of prospect for future. Cenk did good. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played, he hasn't spent time on the field. And uh, coming and the most needed time, scoring a goal, keeping the Alliance Sport defense busy. And uh, he did well during this. I wish he was with us on Kasim Pasha game too. Definitely we would not lose that game. Uh, for the game, as Sergei mentioned, I mean, we really wanted to win this game. And sometimes that one loss which we had against Kazan Pasha made us all awake, including all players, subs, and uh, 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 even the fans. So there's a saying, if you want to jump further, sometimes you need to just take a step back. And maybe I would call that Kazan Pasha game was something like that. And I was taking this Alliance Sport game could be a very difficult game for us. And uh, we overcome easily. Thanks to the team. Thanks for all the Sergei Oja. He, he made a good uh, tactics uh, for this game. I wish he did the same thing on Kasim Pasha too. I mean, he changed two players' position, but actually four positions has shattered that game. And that was the main reason. We couldn't lose Larin, we couldn't lose Rosier. And we lost that game. So that's all from my Turkey posting. I'm in Cheshme now, but on the weekend returning back to States. And I'll be missing Azurum Sport game. I'll be on a flight from Munich to Washington DC. And I'll, uh, the following games, I'll keep sharing my comments. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a good one. Go Eagles. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.